ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're live. Uh, this is to make up for last week's podcast that we did not do. Uh, as you can imagine, this whole COVID-19 nonsense is driving us all crazy. We're still stuck in quarantine for the most of most of us anyway. Uh, but that said, welcome to Spectre Mo episode 59. Uh, of course, you know what we got to do. We got to roll the intro real quick, and then we will be right back. Assuming I can find it. Hey, there it is. I found a button. Man, I got to tell you, before we jump into it, you don't see me on camera today because uh, I'm a black guy. And when we go weeks without haircuts, it's not a pretty thing. I mean, <laughs> look at me. I got a fro. My fro is terrible. My hair is worse than yours. And I have salt and pepper. And it's getting worse. <laughs> and it's getting worse. My mom came over yesterday and she's like, hey, you got a lot of gray hair. I was like, I'm done. Just and so, yeah. <laughs> leave me alone. Like, let's, let's put it this way. If it wasn't, I, like, I occasionally give myself a couple, I occasionally give myself a shape up, and that's the best I can do. Yeah. I've literally just devoted myself to just not even bothering to see, like, how far I can even get. I've never been able to grow a beard, period. So you want to like, see what's You can clearly beard. see it still does not do anything. So, so you beard for say. It's just kind of like trying its best, but it's turning into, like, neck beard and not much else. So it's probably going to go away after this whole nonsense. I. I've always had like this stupid emo haircut, but like I really wish I went like clean before the quarantine because now I look like Persona Three protagonist level of like <laughs> hair dropped down on my face. Yeah, it's 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 uh, yeah. I, I'm at the point now where I'm like, you know what, honey, you're gonna have to cut my hair for me. Thank you. <laughs> I I am I am desperate. I am completely desperate. So I'm not on camera. Uh, but that's fine. But of course, introductions are in order as always. We have Rob who's back in his his place. He's now on the right of me. Matthew gets silly as Paul is below him, and to the left is Steven. Mm-hmm. Just, Steve, just Steven. Just yep. <laughs> and then there's Kevin. Who? What? what? There's Kevin. A Kevin? Some guy. Kevin. No. Uh, I was just referencing some dumb tweet. All right, move on. Uh, All right. Uh, and as always, usually we start the beginning of the show with the games we've been playing. I'm going to be honest with you. I played a lot of games this week because I'm trying to get out of this this whole COVID nineteen rut. I am. I am not in a good place. But uh, I will leave it with, I played 17 hours of Final Fantasy Remake since I started playing it yesterday at uh, 2 o'clock. So, yeah, we'll say that's all I've been playing. Oh, wow. And, and Destiny 2 grinding, which I'm about Destiny to drop. Two. Thank God. Please do. <laughs> I'm getting so frustrated with that game. I'll, I'll, we're not going to talk about Destiny 2 doing this podcast, but I will we'll say try not to. <laughs> I am getting so frustrated that Trials of Osiris is busted. I can't get any kind of pinnacle weapons unless I do content that are with it's co-op content. I can't get anything outside of um, there's only one way to get pinnacle weapons. So I'm stuck at 10, 14 light level. I can't do trials of Osiris and I can't get raids. So and the same content is being released over and over. So I'm like, you know what? I think I'm done. I like to say that it's partially my fault, though, because I just don't want to play the game anymore. He gave up. Yeah, Did you? Gave up. I'll, I'll talk about it. Never mind. He I'll gave up. He totally <laughs> gave up on me. I wasn't going to call him out, but he gave up on me. I, yeah. I truly did. And it's not your fault. It's just. Uh... It's the same stuff over and over again. It's, it's Bungie. I saw I saw an article when I was taking my walk today um, about one of the top Destiny 2 streamers on Twitch deciding he's not going to play Destiny 2 for the next two seasons. 
even after Bungie made content for him specifically. Yeah. He's like, I'm just tired of the game because it's it's garbage. So if one of the top Destiny 2 streamers in the world is saying this, his name is Glad, by the way, G-L-A-D-D, if you want to look him up. If one of the top Destiny 2 streamers in the world is saying, this is bullshit, I'm done, there might be a problem. All right, Rob, you're next. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I have um, actually moved on to another shooter that I've been playing recently that I'm having a lot of time, uh, a lot of fun with. This is prior to remake, remake and um, split in between my persona time is that I've been playing some Modern Warfare, the 2019 game. Um, oh, no. Really? Wow. I have been, and surprisingly enough, like this has always been a game that I thought was fun when I did play it, but when I wasn't playing it, had no desire to come back to. And then the other day I went in and played it and I was just like, this is like surprisingly fun. And you know, like I'm not one to say that it's comparable to any of the older Modern Warfare games because I think those are still vastly better. But I still am actually having a lot of fun playing it. And I've been so kind of those guys are you one of those guys that says at the Black Ops 2 there's no point anymore? Is that you? I'm one of I'm one of those I'm guys. Oh you're one of those guys. guys. Okay. You're one of those guys. Okay. I don't even go that far. I think I gave up after Modern Warfare 3 because even that wow, game was you chucked it out. You, you know out. what I, Rob when you said you were playing a shooter I was gonna say did you get into Valorant? Because if you did I I, I I no, I actually I, I have no interest in Valorant. It's not going to be my game. It's, I don't, it's but I want to give the I want to give it a try at least. Twitch I didn't play the fucking Hunger times. Games with this yeah. <laughs> extreme code business. Yeah. Well, for me, it's just like I didn't like Overwatch, so I know I'm not going to like. It's nothing this like is, Overwatch. This is this is this because I was a big Counter Strike player back in the day, and yeah. the vibe. It's I'm getting vibes of some Overwatch, but. The entire game was been modeled after Counter Strike, and I see a lot of Counter Strike in that game. That's the a thing. Lot. I was like, I was turned off because I saw the Counter Strike stuff where it looks like very twitchy and you die very quickly. And that was like, I feel like that doesn't really work in the, like a hero shooter where you've got like all those. It's not really a hero like. shooter. That's the best way to describe it. It has the skin of it, but it's not. It's like it's like a grilled cheese trying to pretend to be a BLT. That's the best way to describe okay. Valorant. That I mean, is like, a terrible the hero shooter thing does work. <laughs> it for, uh, it's, a, it's trying to tell you, look, I have bacon in my grilled cheese. It's your a grilled cheese. You're not a BLT. Stop lying to me. It's like a basically it's a chopped cheese trying to be a hamburger. Is that better for you? Oh God, than a chopped uh, cheese, which is a New York <laughs> thing. But go ahead. But that, yeah, well, you're 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 from you're from the area. You you know what a chop cheese. I know what it is very well, but that's why I said. But it's a New York thing, though. But go ahead. Anyway, but no, Valorant is a good game. I played it. It's a return to more skill based shooters, which we, the market desperately needs because a lot of shooter games in the market are not skill based at all. At least Ow. the popular ones are not. Ouch. Look, look, come on, it's fact of life here. Destiny, did you roll right on gear? Um, Overwatch, did, is your team? Did your team have functioning brain? Which is no uh, modern warfare. Whoa, whoa! It's the same thing in Valorant. You, I've seen, some, <laughs> I've seen some pugs no. playing that game. Oh yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. In Valorant, this is the difference. In Valorant, did you roll right? And is your team have, has half a functioning brain? Because if they still play like it's TDM, you'll still win it. That's how bad. That's how I feel the game so far. Is like if you play like a TDM, you'll still kind of win, which I don't like, but whatever. I like how you were like you had the word. That's what it's so bad, and then you stopped it. Like you were just so afraid to, <laughs> to say that. And for those wondering what TDM mean, is team deathmatch. Yeah, I had to like yeah, exactly. Team <laughs> so basically, that's that's it. And like Valorant is like if I had to rate it out of ten, it's a seven. It's it's applicable what it does, but I my major fear of it's that 
when they where they're gonna program it because you can buy skills versus buying guns. I none of skills so far seem as like well if I just buy you know reflect bullets I'll beat everybody. Eh, not really. All right, well, let's get let's get back yeah. on track. It, it, it was still Rob's turn. I'm sorry. No, you're yeah. you're good. It's fine. Um, but anyway, beyond that, I've been playing Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, I'm sure everyone here has been pretty much, but you know, I've been playing that, and I'm also still playing through Persona Five Royal, which I'm having a great time with. And um, what else did I play? I think and that was your first Persona. It was, yeah. It, it was, and it's like, I don't know, I think it was a good entry to it, because I still like it a lot. I mean, it's not like I haven't played a JRPG before, so it's not like I'm completely out of my realm, but I've been having a good time with it, and I I just, I don't know, everything about it's so cool. It's very stylish, all the characters are really interesting, well, most of them are pretty interesting, um, and it's just fun to play, so I've been doing that, and uh, yeah, I think that's it. What about you, mate? I've been playing a lot of games. Oh, boy, i got to make a list. Outside of my mobile games, you guys know I play Brawl Stars. I not played Mana Strike as much, so I'm about that. I've been playing, let's see, God. Um, let's see, Grand Blue Fantasy. I played Tekken because a new patch notes went through. I'll probably go more about that later. I've been playing Persona 5. It's Persona 5. Come on, people. You know me. Um, I've been playing, just finishing up I Am Satsuna. I've been playing Hades. I've been playing Team Fortress 2 to get back. Played a lot of Valorant to get my opinion on that. And you. I've also, huh? I, hate you. I, I haven't gotten into it, so I hate you. Yeah, I've also been playing a couple of other indie games you might have never heard of by Dia by Dia Games. Uh, Bot Vice been playing that a lot. I've also been trying to go back into some roguelikes I haven't played in a while in Nuclear Throne. I've got back into Crossco because I've never beaten it. And just a bunch of, and uh, I played Children of Mortar, but I've been just dabbling a lot more than I free time because, you know, virus make me locked up, so look into things. And the only thing I'm sad is I can't play um, one of the games I'm looking forward to that Keith knows and me and Keith, uh, Josh talk about uh, Pathion. What have to do to play Pathion, man? I need an MMO right now. It's still an alpha, though, right? I know, it is. It is. I, I need an MMO right now. And the only and- way you get to play Pathion, Pathion, is if you're a big streamer. Basically, Huge, yeah. Big streamer. If you're not one of those people, yeah. Um, sorry. Good luck. Yeah, and I'm, I'm also upset because um, I want to play Fantasy Star 2 online, but so far it's like they have the Xbox version, Xbox One version available, but not the Windows 10 version, so I have to wait longer for PC. I'm a little upset about that because it was originally a PC game. But Can I tell you my, something? My yeah. hype for that game has gone out the window, especially since I was championing for this game for X amount of years because it's not on the PC. You hit the nail on the head. Yeah, you, they ported it into Xbox One. For, like I said, Microsoft is trying to save whatever that console is worth. I'm upset by it because of the fact is, bro, this was a PC game. Just port to the left and then port to the right later. I mean, what's wrong with you? But Microsoft's going to be Microsoft, so that's just me. Go, Steven, the killer. Okay. I <laughs> The killer. I've been playing uh, Final Fantasy VII as of today. I finally got it installed around like 9.30. But uh, I was telling Keith, I've apparently been sitting. I was... I played Resident Evil 3, got through all of it, but I've been enjoying actually quite a little bit of Resident Evil Resistance. Did. <laughs> I think it's uh, enjoyable, but the one thing I actually did not expect myself to get into, I felt the weirdest urge in the past week to play Batman Arkham Knight. There's and nothing wrong been, with that. And Is I've that game doing, free now? I don't know. It might have been free at some point. It was at yeah. one point. But I just felt like this need to do like the Predator stealth because it's the only stealth game I've ever been good at. And I just... I've been binging that for a while. 
And then I've started, and it's weird. Like I like fell in love with the game again. I'm like, ooh, let me listen to the Predator soundtrack, or let me listen, like let me watch like the ending cutscenes again. I've turned into a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> but um, other, but Res- as back to Resident Evil Resistance, I've been running. I was telling these guys earlier, the game is basically dead on arrival. I've been running into the same people like over and over again. I've got like there's this one guy I've been running into, and I recognize him because his name is Vicious Bubbles, and I see it like at least like. <laughs> every four or five games and i don't know if he recognizes me but we've formed this unconscious friendship apparently shout out to vicious bubble if you're watching (laughs) (laughs) uh but yeah that's what i've been playing this week all right well we've got that out of the way and um we didn't take forever so all right let's look at our topics for this week I'm trying right, to hold first, back our rants. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. You, you, what were you want to say, Rob? No, what I was saying it? we were trying to hold back our rants this time so that we can actually get on. Time. Oh no, we're gonna have lots of rants this week. Well, we'll yeah, see. Totally we have to, we have to make up for last week, so there's gonna be plenty of rants. Yeah. Uh, speaking of rants, let's talk about the uh, DualSense controller, which was announced this week. So everybody has been complaining and being frustrated and upset that PlayStation. I'm just gonna call them PlayStation, not Sony has not really shown us anything about the upcoming PlayStation 5. Microsoft has showed us tons of stuff with the Xbox Series X, while PlayStation was pretty much hush-hush, unless you consider that technical dump by Mark Cerny worthwhile, because unless you enjoy techno techno babble, it was garbage. Well, they came (laughs) out and didn't show us the console, but they did show us a new PlayStation controller, the DualSense. And I think... about that... Go ahead. um, The reason I think that was so dry was because... um, I think that conference was meant for GDC that got canceled. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The corona. Sure. So it was like, it was meant to be spoken to to like indie devs and nerds. It wasn't meant to be like streamed on YouTube for some guy. With hey, like a, and geeks. And yeah. Hey, well, yeah, it wasn't designed, it wasn't designed for Johnny Donuts. It was designed for, um, yeah, yeah, for It wasn't meant for some like guy with an anime profile to like sit and stream and like say, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like that oh wasn't God. what it was meant for. That Twitch, the Twitch comments were so Savage. terrible. But I mean, they're usually. Yeah, resident sleeper that was all it is like copy paste yeah but um they didn't show us anything but they did finally show us a dual sense controller and i think the consensus here is split on how the controller looks i think i said i liked it rob's undecided what about you two i actually like the i like the design it looks pretty good yeah. like I, um, i'm pretty sure it's just it looks like it's a playstation it looks like it looks like if i can yeah. if i'm gonna pull i'm gonna pull right now it looks like it looks like an xbox controller but just slightly thinner with longer edges, and I'm like, that's fine. It doesn't because they because they, instead of making it like the <laughs> PS4 where the center is chubby and fat, it's just skinnier. So I'm like, it's I like it, and you well, can get I, it in different. I went and wait for different colors. If I get one in like a light blue, I'd be cool. I don't the know. The thing if I noticed that is that get-go. both the touchpad is back and the share button's back. Share yeah. button, I don't mind. Well, it's not a share button. It's called the create button. Oh, okay. Yeah, let me create this game. Okay. I want to ask you guys a question. When was the last time you played a game? That involved the touchpad in a way that wasn't a massive select button. Yeah, uh, and that's one of the big things because insert like, Jeopardy. Is Maybe a DS game. <laughs> a DS game, but like really oh, though, boy. I'm like I remember looking at that. I was like, this is just a big. Oh, I got button. one. I got okay. one. Persona right. dancing all night. Yeah, I played it yeah. a couple days ago actually. Oh really? What's it doing that? You can use the the touchpad to swipe instead of hitting the buttons. Oh. My it sucks. <laughs> what I think would be interesting is that because like 
Obviously, they have to put it in for a number of reasons, probably because if it's going to be PS4 backwards compatible and for whatever game that needs the, the touchpad, like if we're talking like Infamous Second Son, you want to go back and play that. Like That has gesture movements that you have to use the touchpad for in that game. That's and assuming so it, they give us backwards compatibility, though. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like, <laughs> at the same time, it's like, that's not, like, the only reason. A lot of, like, people are saying that some of the patents and stuff mention that they might be using the touchpad for menu movement, which I feel like would be huge compared to what how it exists on the PS4 now, because it's, like, you can only use it in, in game-specific circumstances, or if you are, like, trying to type with the touchpad, which is supposedly easier, but it's definitely not, because it feels horrible but like i feel like if they add swipe gestures to the ps4 menu it actually gives it a lot more purpose in a way that makes sense because you can kind of like see in the ps4 menu layout how everything kind of swoops in terms of what menu you're trying to pick so like if you need to go up to your trophies or your settings your power or whatever it the the menu literally like moves up and like down the way everything kind of navigates it seems like it would be made perfectly for swipe gestures and things like that something you could use have you guys played gravity rush oh I, once upon a time i kind of did yeah I I yeah gravity rush one and two i think was using the touchpad a little more I'm trying to remember the games ability yeah gravity rush maybe but it's still not a good design i don't like i this is my opinion of innovative game design like the with the Wii is you know didn't work out in my opinion i think everyone as a gimmick, maybe once in a while, but people still prefer traditional game playing, like hitting buttons like this or whatever. People prefer that. I mean, the thing is, the touchpad, for if despite being the biggest thing on the controller, it's not really all that invasive. It's it, like, yeah, it's it's not. But I think I think it I think for Sony's perspective, or at least they, what they think, they think like it's too eye jarring. Where people like I want to like a perfect example. Sometimes I forgot that the option button is the pause button. Sometimes in the game. Well, I only we, see this giant pad. We've 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 gone past you know calling them. I mean, most of us remember those buttons as select and, and start. start. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just being you know Sony is what they call it. So like maybe that's the reason it's too jarring. People don't st- pause button and the select button is maybe that's the reason why they decided to go with this. But either way, I can't believe people lost their minds about this. It's like oh, it's the worst ugly thing I've ever seen. Blah blah well, blah. It's, blah. it's the kids. internet. It's the internet. It's the they, internet. They had to yeah. go crazy. But I again, I like the design when I first saw it. The first thing I noticed was the curves. I like you know, the curves yeah. on that controller. I wonder if, like I said, I wonder if the curves are good. Like, I want to see, like, my personal opinion, the best fighting game pad I ever had was the PS2, of how big the buttons were and everything for hitting and sliding, depending on what game you play. Um, I would I imagine. How- I would imagine the curves is for. Uh, I'm going to pronounce this word wrong. Ergonomics. Ergonomics. I say er- wrong. Yeah. because I- because the way it curves out. It looks like you can get a better grip on a controller. Unlike right now, with the DualShock Four, it just fits in your hand. It's awkward unless you're. Yes, it's, yes, it's it not been, very comfortable. No, it's like in certain situations compared to an Xbox, a standard Xbox Y controller or, or PS2 pad, it feels like it slides across like the end of your palm, like right. So you're kind of like shifting your hand all the time. Like you're end up instead of holding a pad like this, you're holding it like this, where you're just you know, you're balancing it in your hand rather than playing it. If you get my saying. I and, think for me it was like it was kind of like here is the one way we could improve it, and it's as if the dual sense is the other way they can improve ergonomics. Because if you remember the PS one, two, and three dual shocks, the, yes. the, the angular design, the hard edges, like that controller wasn't the most comfortable to hold all the time. Like no, it, but it kind of worked for the games they were doing. I mean, especially like I said for fighting games and platformers that were they were sure. responsive. 
Well, sure, yeah, but I mean, like the the core design hasn't really changed, so I think no. it's still good to use for any kind of game that you're playing, especially shooters. That's part of the reason why the DualShock was so important was because of shooters on consoles were much easier to program and use and play compared to how it used to be with just like a D-pad or whatever. An FPS would be nearly impossible, you know what I mean? So it's like they took like this angular design and and refined it to make it wider and a bit more smooth, which in one way kind of solves the issues with some of the older dual shocks. Now I think they're just focusing on, on pure comfortable ergonomics in the sense that like right. the dual sense now makes more sense with the curvature of your hand to hold it. So like, I mean, that's part of the reason why the Xbox controller was so good is because Remember it's just the more Nintendo comfortable. 64 col- controller. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Hey, hey, I like that having three arms, but the let me tell prongs, you, the dual that was so fun. terrible. But so I, I do yeah. have questions about this controller. One, as I, I don't know if it's final or not, but as you notice, the square and uh, circle and triangle and uh, uh, no X button, it's not a cross, it's an X button. Um, they're not oh, yeah, color coded. Yeah. They're not color coded. They're all just. Like I guess gray indented and grayed, whatever. Um, may, somebody said maybe they'll light up. That'd be pretty awesome if they did, like LEDs. I that doubt it. That would but... be such a train okay, on the battery. The light that bar would exists, be... though. Yeah, that would be <laughs> you so know what I mean. Cool. Yeah, like... the light bar already like brings the controller down. Which, by the way, alongside the touchpad is one of the most like unused things. All I've ever seen it do is say, "Hey, you're dying," and I'm like, "Thank you." I needed to know that because the screen's also telling me that it's like. <laughs> Oh, you never played GTA where it, sh- it shoots blue and red? Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. Uh... But you can't see it because it's on the front of the controller. Anyway. I mean, getting back to the controller, I don't think it's a big leap. Like Some people are making it seem to be. I mean, maybe it's a big leap for Sony because they didn't really change the design in quite some time. But it does remind me a lot of an Xbox One controller. And, and that's, yeah. it's not a bad thing. I like the design. It reminded me... When I first made my tweet, the first tweet I made, I said it reminds me of a car. I couldn't remember what car it was, and it was the BMW i8. That's what it reminds me of, or is it eight one eight i? Whatever. And look, it reminds me of that. And then somebody showed a picture of Eva, Eva from uh, or Eve from uh, Wally. I was like, yeah, it looks just like her. If you guys have ever <laughs> seen Wally, that's what it reminds me of. Oh, I man. like it. I, I like the controller. Sorry, small tangent. Bad car. Anyway, Bad look like. <laughs> Very bad car. Anyway. <laughs> you mean to tell me if somebody would give you one, you would not take it? Oh, that thing is a death trap. And that not because it's it too fast, but because it'll break before you get to drive it. It's a BMW. Anyway. A BMW. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like the controller. I, I do wish that we had seen the actual PlayStation 5 because this whole bait, or I don't want to say bait and switch. It's not really bait and switch. This whole Sony not showing us anything, it's kind of not frustrating. Feet. But it's just like, hey, Microsoft has shown us everything. And it makes me go, maybe they don't have the final design of the PlayStation 5 done yet. Because there was a rumor going around that Sony underestimated the uh, cooling and have to go back to the drawing board. And I hope that's not the case. Ooh. Because that would be terrible. Certainly hope not. I would like to think they have something finalized for the most part by now. If they don't. You keep getting all these articles of one pe- one side saying, hey, the PlayStation 5 is the best console we've ever used, we've ever programmed for, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. Think of other people coming out saying, hey, no, this thing is not what Sony's promised us. And it's like, okay, I don't know who to trust. I don't really care who's telling what. I just want to see it right now. 
Yeah, that that's fair. I just uh, there's so much about the drip feed approach that Sony's doing that is like so wrong and only kind of right. It's, it's just more so like it's more like they're being how to put this. <laughs> it's like how to describe it. They are being so cautious that their cautiousness is wrong. It's like they because they don't like do like I disagree with the rumors. Just keep pointing out all oh, the cool things. they want to back to basics. In my opinion, it's more like they are trying to take the safest approach to launch this console because they know, and we all, and you know, it's the last generation, generation before that, a bad launch can poison you forever. Oh, yeah. Oh, totally. So basically, they're being so cautious. They don't want to, they just, that's what, look, look, right, if you look at it right now, they're, if you point out, it looks similar to the Xbox controller. Well, that's fine because Xbox controller designs is safe. It is practical. It's not and bad, also, it's not. another part of it also is, is, hey, they are, again, they are the market leader. Yeah, they have nothing to prove. But my thing is this, because if if they are taking that approach, that's bad because I have this mentality that, hey, if I'm number one, I'm going to do everything in my power to stay number one. Not, oh, I'm just going to coast, whatever. They can't catch up me because that's what Xbox did. Xbox 360 and then PlayStation 3 went, hey, thank you. Bye. And that's part of the reason why. Like, it's so time. At the same time, when you're on top at a market that's matured, you don't want to take more risks so you can plunge the market into crap. That's happened many times. I mean, if Carr was here, he and I could talk about wrestling in the sense that because WWE was on top of so long, they plunged the industry into a bad direction. So when you're on top, you don't want to take that many risks. You just want to maintain it. Let the under guys come up with something new so the industry can grow. I yeah. mean, for example, what if, you know, let's say, heaven forbid, Sony won't do this. Well, they'll take Nintendo's idea. We now have a portable console. You can take care of it with a battery. And you can play on the go. Why would they do that? That's just stabbing the other guy in the face. That's unnecessary. For, like, what, an extra 100 bucks? That's pointless. You're at top. You're mature. You let the, you let the market cool. You probably make innovations when you have, when you're ready. Let the under guys come up with things to push the market forward. Because if you yeah. take all the risk and you dive the market, no one's ever going to recover. Yeah, I got you. I just feel like I don't know. They're they're too they're being too brisk about it. That's that's not like the correct way to put it. But it's yeah, just yeah, like, they're, they're being very not, passive about it. I'm not there's not that. enough out there for us to get excited for it. There's rumors and stuff that we'll hear um, that it just like I don't know. Like it's it's interesting to to keep track of and think about. But it's just like you know how much do we truly know about the console that should really get us excited for? Other than, okay, now we know what the controller looks like, and there are some games that are coming that look cool. You know, it's just like we don't know much about what the core of the console does. What are the features? Um, other than it's going to load real quick. Some of the technical stuff that people have ri- written up about that people have read, they understand that, but it's like, okay, how can I interact with my friends better? How can I yeah. play games, um, you know, in a, in a certain way? Like, it's just, you know, like specific questions that people, that, the general public are going to ask when they want to choose between an Xbox or a PlayStation. Right. And another thing too, is that I would like to, this is my personal thing is because streaming has become more of a generator for income for some people, as well as privately or for friends or for what it is, but most more social, you're pointing out exactly how could this work for streaming people, people because I've seen people nowadays got those so many apparatuses just to stream on so many platforms just to make ends meet. How is Sony going to provide for that? How is Sony's like the? I personally, I personally think the PSN store sometimes kind of feels a little jarring sometimes. So I gotta yeah. fix that. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, it's it's pretty slow. But then it's again, not, I feel it's like it's not as bad as Microsoft's though. 
No, it's, no, exactly. So it's it's like you know how are they going to start a creating system? Are they going to have a, a you know somewhere Steam running is an algorithm based marketplace? You know these are things that are important for the future. But I feel like as you point out, micro, they're they're pussyfooting, but they're they're kind of taking this extreme conservative approach because they don't want to tip the market full, too far behind or bad because they're Japanese and they always have. Let us be honest, Japanese people are very have sometimes very bad ideas, a lot of bad ideas. Speaking of bad ideas, I'm surprised that nobody mentioned it's not on here but on twitter and other places and i mentioned this in another tweet i was like so the playstation 5 controller dual sense controller has a built-in microphone you guys ate up the connects when they had that they bitched and moaned when google stated uh, gameplay had it and when sony does it it's fine it's it's okay there's no issues with it i don't oh, know it's, it's I, sony. I don't, they can do no wrong and that's my know. thing i don't i don't like the idea of it having the microphone in the controller, and and I, this is a guy who has like, I have like five Google Homes in my house because I do home automation and I love it. So mm-hmm. I don't care at this point. Uncle Sam has my information; he wants to <laughs> eavesdrop on me. All right, whatever. You may not, you may, you, you may regret that, but okay. I've got nothing to hide. Not yeah, here. <laughs> if you want to hear me yelling at my kids and my kids yelling at me and fighting each other, hey, go for it. You're not going to hear any trade secrets. There's nothing here that you're not going to hear anywhere else, but. The fact that it has a microphone and a controller and everybody's praising it, I, I, I don't fault Sony for it. I'm, I'm more pointing the finger at the, the, um, the, community. the gaming community for saying, oh, this is great, this is great, but when other people do it, it's, it's a problem. I This is my take on that situation, is that, like, doesn't the... Doesn't currently the PS4 have a mic in it already when you talk to people with the headset or no. whatever? No. Oh, then that's just me screaming to the TV. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, you need a you need a headset for it. A headset. A microphone. So microphone. So yeah, it's probably a headset. But um, I think that I think it's because again we're we're in this nice area where Sony, as I joke before, Sony can do no wrong unless they really crap the grave. But I think it's simply because of the fact it's like everyone else failed at it, so Sony just picked up the slack and probably made the best version of it. Quotation marks. So it's like, well, this is the best version of it, so of course they're going to do it right because everyone else failed doing it. Well, I don't want to harp on this for too long, but I do want to say that it, I don't think they're bulletproof in this case. Oh, no, I no, no, no. I definitely think that like a lot of what they're doing now is not like, oh, they have no way to fail. Like I feel like they're still, in a sense, lagging behind Xbox in a big way. And yes, I, to some extent, they don't want to you know, tip the market if they know that they're better and they just say that they're better right away. But at the same time, yeah. it's like when you don't know much about the console, people want an Xbox more right now than they do want a PlayStation. You know, just if you were to look strictly at facts, because how much do you know about the PlayStation more than you know about the Xbox? Xbox is clear examples of gameplay features of what the console can do in a specific circumstance. And For when now, you we said that, saying what it, what it can do. You know what I mean? I, I want you to, I want to also point out to everybody, not to cut you off, I, I've been saying this on the internet for a long time. I'm going to say it here. Specs don't mean a damn thing, people. Please stop saying, hey, teraflops and this and that, when half of you don't know what the hell this means or what it's capable of doing. Please stop it. I think the tide has turned on that a lot. Most people understand that the games are the most important part of any kind of home console. Because, like, if you're worried about specs, you'd make a PC. You know, it's just, it's that kind of thing, you know. I wouldn't even do that. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't, I would totally not say that. Because then you got the people, you can't make a PC for this price and do that. And you know, I'm not lying. You know, they're out there. Yeah. No, they do exist. I'm not saying they're gone. I just feel like, you know, the majority of, of a console audience 
that is at least an enthusiast video game player at least understands that they care more about the games than what the console can graphically yeah. produce. You know what I mean? But moving on to the next one, the next topic, I, I will say this. Sony needs to step up the game, show us the damn console. Microsoft and Sony both need to step up the game and stop pussyfooting around this and tell us how much these things are going to cost. Because in case they haven't noticed, we're running into a recession. Money is going to be hard for a lot of people to get. You hey, say, hey. Here's devil's advocate for you. Maybe that's the reason why they didn't want to tell it because the recession's coming. Maybe we're going to be in a recession for a long time. Exactly. And maybe... This is this is devil's advocate here. They're going to delay it until the recession is over, or if they feel the recovery points at it. Because again, as much as we're all gaming nerds, we all enjoy our hobbies. These are leisure activities, which are not fruitful to you know a mainstream economy. I can't see them delaying the release of the console itself because they've already got games in development for it. Oh yeah, the- yeah, yeah. But I'm talking about delayed to like, let's just say the recession hits 2021 and they had a plan to launch it 2021. Let's launch it at 2022, the beginning of it like that. That's the delay I'm talking about. I mean, right now, as we talked about earlier, we're not on this podcast, but elsewhere, we've got over 7 million people applying for unemployment right now. And it's, it's higher. It's about 10 plus now. And OK, and, and it's going to go up even more. Yeah. We don't know when this recession it's going to kick into high gear. We don't know when the self, the uh, the quarantine, it's going to be over. We don't know when we're going to get back to a previous sense of normalcy. We know nothing. Uh, yeah. So, and I think part this of that is, crazy. is like they're, they're gauging and understanding that so they probably don't want to come out and say the price right now because what if they say the price is seven hundred dollars or something, something astronomical. They're gonna put they're gonna put them away immediately. You know what I mean? And it's like they have another like eight months until the console comes out or something like that. And and, and nobody's gonna buy them if they say it's it's already too much money. You know what I mean? It's just like I, I guess I understand it from a business standpoint why they're holding back. Bro, if they had said it was seven hundred dollars and we weren't in a recession, I still would not buy it. Yeah, yeah. That that's still like astronomical. <laughs> that's but I, too like, much. Like, even if you put out a cons- relatively conservative number of say like five hundred dollars, then like you know, it, there's still going to be a lot of people who are going to be like, okay, well, if you tell us this now in the current state of everything, like who's going to want to buy it? Who's going to have enough money to pay for that? Yeah, you know? and that's the problem. So, all right. So this week, this month, we've had a lot of yeah remakes come out. We've got Final Fantasy VII remake. We've got Persona 5 Royale, and we've got a Resident Evil 3 remake. All came out within three weeks of each other, two weeks of each other. So it's been a good time for gamers. Now, I've only played Resident Evil 3 remake, and I'm playing Final Fantasy 7 remake right now. So I can only talk about those two. Rob's played... I played uh, Persona 5 The Royal as well as Final Fantasy 7 remake. Uh... Steven has played uh, yeah, Final Evil. Fantasy Remake and Resident Evil. So we we all can talk about something. So let's talk about Resident Evil first. Um, can I be honest with you? This Shoot. game is a disappointment. It's a di- yeah. big disappointment. No, it's, it's, I think it's hyper mediocre. And like I don't say that just because I like to be the angry games journalist. It's like, oh man, hating games is my favorite pastime. Uh, but I remember playing it a lot and going, I, I feel like nothing playing a lot of it. I'm just like, kind of going through the motions just i don't know i didn't 
I personally thought it was pretty bad. <laughs> Resident Evil 3 was not a long game, the first game at all. And then they came out with the remake. And it's not a bad game. I will not say it's a terrible game. It's not. But if you compare it to Resident Evil 2 remake from last year, it pales in comparison. It's a great game. It's got decent mechanics. The graphics look great. It, it's enjoyable. But the problem with this game is there's if you beat the game once, when you beat the game the first time, there is zero incentive to come back. You mentioned earlier you're playing Resistance, which is the multiplayer portion <laughs> of the game. Yeah. Um, but Resident Evil 2 had the um the raid mode, the time attack modes, and multiple things you can do. It also had the DLC that came out afterwards, and it gave you a reason to come back and play the game again. There's none of that here. There's none in this game. The game also, can be go ahead. Also, I've noticed when, when I was playing it, and I said a bit of this in my review, they seem to have taken a lot of the subtler mechanics and like stripped them out. Like, I don't know if you remember this from about Resident Evil 2, but there was like a really in depth dismemberment system where, like, if you shot like zombies in the arm, the arm would like, oh, yeah, the crippled, oh, yeah. Cri- yeah. yeah, the crippled, the crippled type. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's been almost completely removed. Like, yeah. um, you can still, I think, blow off zombies' legs and turn them into crawling zombies like you're playing, but it's not it's zombies, a lot harder. But <laughs> that's what I've yeah. been doing, doing my runs, shooting them in legs, and I'm just shooting them in legs, and I'm like, so he's not falling, that's awesome. All right, I so I can't the use the same thing, mechanics. I, I like. I My feel favorite... like what they try to do is a, a common complaint with the remake of the prior Resident Evil's control office that people complained that it's not as quote-unquote difficult. So it's like, all right, let's take out a mechanic and make it more difficult for gamers, and then here we are, Resident Evil 3. Where's... But it's not. It's, e- it's even easier. That's the pr- – exactly. Yeah. They thought that would make it harder. They did not understand I that. think it was more of an idea of like – which I, I have a bit of a hot take about that later, but uh, people are saying this is less about a horror game and more of an action game, so we can Well, Resident Evil 3 was an action things. game. Resident Evil yeah. 3 was an action game. I mean, it's not 4. 4 was pretty much what, but an, you know. But, like, the thing is, right, wouldn't we afford, like, the same allowance to Resident Evil 6? I, I know that's a bad word, but <laughs> I feel like, you know, that's technically an action game, but we, like through like a trident right through that game's chest. We let that thing on fire and pushed it off a cliff. But, and a bunch of boulders. Yeah. Yeah. But, but that was that, an action game. And then we say, this is an action game. And we kind of don't, we kind of forgive it this time. Well, here's the thing that's weird for me. Because like, I haven't personally played Resident Evil 3 Remake yet. But the impression that I get from it, and this might also be a hot take, is that it kind of falls into this weird Resident Evil 5 category in that it's at its very core wants to be survival horror. But throughout the gameplay is almost certainly an action game that feels restricting. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's what I felt when playing it. It's it's like it it makes me wonder because like generally Resident Evil 5 critically wise was praised at launch in that it was a good co-op game to play. Now, a lot of people, and including me, would say that it is a good co-op game, but not a good Resident Evil game. So I wonder if... That's what I some, say about 7. To some extent, and yeah. Wait, you mean 6? 7, it becomes something fundamentally different, you know? Wait, are you, talking, it, about, are you talking about Resident Evil 6 or just Resident Evil Biohazard? I'm talking, I'm just throwing out there 7. The game that's... Well, see, I think the, the, the game itself, that's horror, but it doesn't feel Resident Evil-ish. I'll, I'll leave oh, it that you way. Mean, you mean the Silent Silent Evil? That's what I called it? Because it's pretty much Silent Hill? 
or Resident Hill, so my friends call it. I'm just, yeah, just going to say, Resident Evil 7 is one of my favorite games of all time, actually. I am a massive fan of that game. Are well, you it's a, a great, fan of, it is a you great like game. Evil, do you like the Evil Within? Have you played it? I'm not saying. I have. I've played both. Okay, because the Evil Within is one of my favorite gaming series. Hands okay. down. Hands down. I love it. I played the first and second one countless times. Countless times. Love it. I would still play it right now. I would not play Resident Evil 3 again. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like, the series has this massive identity crisis because, uh, for me, and this is, like, it's weird because people say it's an action game, so you can't criticize it for not being scary or that it's being true to the original. But the way I see it is, at the end of the day, everything that they pulled out to make for a more action-oriented experience still, like, results in a less exciting game overall. Like, I, the biggest thing that really disappointed me was, like, the map doesn't like after you get past the very first like street section of the game, the game doesn't have that quality where it like loops into itself or you find puzzle pieces that like, Oh, that's room all the way back. It's more just like, here is a gauntlet. There's a key at the end, take the key, come back and put it in this puzzle piece and you can leave. There were not a lot of puzzles in that game. No. And it it wasn't again. It three was an action game. It, the original three was an action game. It was meant to be beaten in under an hour. It was it was a very easy well it's not very easy it was a very simple game it was not a Resident Evil two it was a sit down play it run through what you're done and just like the remake even less so because the remake I don't want to say it's too easy but Nemesis is not he's not scary yeah he's scripted they were like he's not scripted and then yeah he's totally scripted. There are certain places he can't catch you. There are certain places once you go past a certain threshold, he will not follow you. Well, I don't know if you saw in my video, but there was this part I was dying. I went into like this toy shop because I was like, oh my God, maybe there's a way out. And the toy shop is a dead end, but Nemesis wouldn't come inside. Yeah, he sits out the window. suspiciously had this one single window where I could see him standing yeah. and staring at me. And That's I'm what laughing. he does. That's what he does. He just stares at it. I was like, dude, and I, when, I, when I streamed, I was like, dude, he's just staring there. He doesn't come in. And remember the big hype before the game came out, and everybody was like, there's just one room he chases you in, and Catcon's like, yeah, kind of like, no, it doesn't happen. Yeah, this dude is not scary. And then the cherry on the top. Sorry if you guys have never beaten it, but I'm pretty sure you've seen it. Yeah, this is the personification that this is an action game when you're fighting Nemesis for the very flat, very last time, and you shove a rail cannon into his damn mouth. I actually thought the boss fights were really fun. That was like the one salvageable thing that I got from it. I know a lot of people didn't like them, but I, I enjoyed them quite a bit. I didn't like the first time, the second time you fought him when he's running on the walls. And even then, when you had Carlos and he's telling you where the guy is, I mean, eh, yeah, it was it was okay. I would not play it again. I've got my speed run down to, to uh, 85 minutes now. I'm done. I'm You're done. You're a psycho. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> you should you should have saw me in Resident Evil Two Remake. I was playing that shit nonstop until I got as low as I could. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done with this game. I love it. I really do. But I'm done. Well, the That's one thing that like a horn. I wanted to say mm. this earlier, but back to this memory system. I feel like the game has lost a lot of like the free flowing storytelling thing it had going on. Like for example, in Resident Evil Two, you could like run into a zombie in a hallway and you could blow his arm off or something, and he'll fall over, and you think that's it. And you can come back through that hallway and he'll get back up and he'll still be missing the arm. Or like Mr. X is roaming around. And there's all these little, little things that can like drastically like change what you're doing. Well, and that's this... yeah, well, that's kind of more because again, that's they're focusing on the horror aspect of it. It's not like in an action game 
But I don't think and, you needed like I don't feel like that's horror specific. That's just sort of like free form. You're in the map and it's being built upon the things you've done in the past. It doesn't even have to specifically be oh the zombies are like that because it's scary. It's like that's cool because you've been through that area and then the things you have done fundamentally change going through it again. It depends also because if you if you play like Metroidvania games or even some roguelike games. If you clear a room and come back, you just spawn again. Some people might, it's again, it's, this is a game philosophy design argument that is it annoying to go back to the same room to see an enemy, a slight change, or just, hey, I'm back again, I gotta fight you again, I can't deal with that crap. Or is it better just like you clear the room, it's done, run through it for speedrun's sake, or better just for convenience? You get what I'm saying, right? It's like that's, yeah. yeah. Like that, 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 to me, it's like I don't mind either way, but I would feel like crap. If I'm, you know, trying to survive, or if I'm in a horror in a game that's more designed to horror, that I have like seven bullets, I wasted two to kill the zombie. I come back in the room, he's back, and you're like, crap! I only five bullets. Oh well, you won't run out of bullets in Resident Evil Three. I can tell you. Oh that no, 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 <laughs> no. And the sad part is to me, the Resident Evil I love the most is Four. Four is my crack. I will afford to the day I die. To me, it's the best Resident Evil because it kind of has a lot of things I like about it. But it's like. Capcom, as you guys pointed out earlier, it's been disjointed about it. They don't, they don't know where to go. Are they going to make it like, you know, Resident Hill or Resident Evil 1 and 2? Or they want to go the action way, 3, 4, 5, 6? Well, they actually, I really wanted to, kind of wanted to bring this up. Keith, I don't know how many times you died in Resident Evil. I, re- I embarrassingly died quite a bit. And I, I noticed that the game was very, like, American-style gore horror in its, like, death scenes. Like, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch me get chopped up, yeah. No, no, yeah, like I, it was like it was weird because I'm pretty sure like the generic like death where the zombie like rips your throat out is ripped straight from Resident Evil 2, but it somehow feels like so much more jarring in this one. And there no, was one. It's the same. It's the same. And uh, what the one thing that really grossed me out? What was it? The the one scary level in the entire game. I'm not sure if you agree with this, Keith, and I want to hear your input on this level. Is the power plant with those creepy bug things? I fucking hate those bugs. Those things were terrifying to me. I love they just stick their stick their thing down your throat and it's like ah. Oh, oh yeah, there's probably some really disgusting art of that somewhere that I don't want to find out about. But like, dear sir, there are no there is no video game out there that jars me ever because I played through Dead Space one and two. Oh, if you want to talk about the gory games, there you go. <laughs> and I love them, love them so much. Please bring it back. Oh wait, it's EA. Never mind. Yeah, Visceral Games is gone. So that's like good luck to you. And it makes me sad because all these games are getting remade, and it's like you know, Dead Space will be an awesome game to remake, remaster, and we're never going to get it. All right, so um, Ron, we talked enough. You played a, a fantastic game. Want to hear your thoughts about it? I read your review, but talk about it. Yeah. So um, yeah, so I jumped into the Persona series for the first time with Persona Five Royal. Uh, something I always actually kind of wanted to do, um, if only because. I had already heard about the Royal coming out, knowing that that would be something expanded and supposedly better, uh, which it, in a lot of ways is. Um, and so I so I waited, and I was like, you know, I've never played a Persona game before. I'm very picky about JRPGs, so I don't know if this is something I would like. So I waited on it, and I mean, you know, the opportunity to go in and review it is something even more special. So I figured I'd give it a shot as a completely new opportunity for me. So um, I did. I jumped in, and um, I loved it. Like, and I still love it. I'm still playing through it, you know. And um, it's it's kind of one of those things where it's like 
looking at the differences between the base game and Royal and understanding that it it is to some extent a remake, which is kind of crazy considering because it's like a lot of Persona 5 was praised because of how special it was. And they took a lot of that stuff and changed some of it in not only adding in the new content, but interspersing changes throughout the narrative itself, along with all the new additions it's putting in. It was to some extent remade to something that's a a bit better. And in a lot of ways, you know, gameplay wise, narrative wise, it was improved so that like this is the definitive way to play. It. And I, I personally would agree with that. It's it's some it's like you would purchase Royal as, as like if you've never played Persona 5 before, you should buy Royal because it it is the version that is most special, the best way to play it. And has more content, even if you play the original, like myself. That's true. Um, it turns a 100-hour RPG into a 130-hour RPG. Well, I, um, what's it? I I don't know too much about Persona 5 Royale, but the one thing I, I decided, I, I'm not getting the game for a while, I can spoil myself on this, I had to get a piece of that music. The new track, oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Shows you I, I am listening to the Persona 5 soundtrack right now. No, no. I've literally got, I can do like a little. Of soundtracks. You listen oh. to Persona the, the new ambush theme is a banger. I love exactly, that. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like there's like new character themes and stuff too. Obviously, there is a new character in Royal. Yeah, there's uh, also, yeah. Um, they made the combat mechanic a little more. Da, 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 but yeah, the best way to describe yeah. it is if you guys have never played a Persona remake before. Not three, because three have so many remakes I can't even deter which is the best one. But oh, yeah. four. The answer is all of them. Nah, <laughs> Persona 3 is actually. Eh. Oh, oh, Persona oh, 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 4. Persona 4, Persona 4 Golden is best to describe it. Golden is such a complete better game than 4. I don't recommend it. Problem is, 4 sucked. Golden's still going to beat it, but that's a whole different argument. It's like, yeah. that's that's the same model they've been doing, and it works out well for them. Like, yeah. So I think that Persona 5 Royale is a much better game. It's much more complete. But I would, if if you could, if you had a, if you didn't have a choice, if you played 5 and you want to play Royale, go do it. If you had played Royale and you like to see what it originally liked before, when it's cheap, like less than 20 bucks. Go for it. It, it. They're both solid RPGs, and this is what Atlas is good at. This is one yeah. thing that, yeah, they're good at. I was talking See, about this with a friend. I felt like a weird irony, uh, just about like the idea of Persona 5 Royale being remade in, at all, only because it's condensed around these rebels against society, and then being turned into a marketable like kind of thing almost felt ironic in a little in a weird way. It's kind of a nothing comment, but I, I felt, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's fair. I think for me, it's like if you're a Persona fan, you should play Royal because, I mean, I'm sure a lot of Persona fans would think that already, but it takes a lot of what was in the base game and streamlines it so the beginning, I don't know, 20, 30 hours is not as much of a slog as it used to. It gives you the baton pass ability early. A lot of the, the, the battle abilities and stuff like... I heard you don't have to go to bed every night. You also do not have to go to bed every night. That's that was the, yeah. the best part of the game. It was a time, it's, it's more of like a social manager, but the, the baton pass, let me give you guys a sense what. You did not get that until you have a confidant, I believe, level two for some or three for some people. So you have to waste time to get the ability to save me. Yeah. And having it as such like an integral part, because a lot of it is just like, you know, it's like any other Persona game. You find the weakness of this enemy and then you capitalize on it every time, you know, and it's just like until you become much stronger than them, obviously. But it's like a lot of the gameplay is like focused on that. And without the baton pass ability, it becomes much harder. And like a lot, since you're going to be going through multiple different turn based battles, like it just it feels better to because not only do you feel more badass, you feel like you can destroy people easier. But at the same time, it's like you're going to have a lot of these battles before you get to the boss. Anything to make them quicker is better for a turn based RPG because a lot of the time, like 
even though how good the the combat can be, however satisfying it may be, any JRPG that has turn-based battles can become kind of a slog when you're grinding sometimes. And going into that later, the mementos especially I'd like to talk about because it's much better in Royal compared. Um, but you know, being able to speed up the the combat in some in- instances makes it so much easier to to have much longer playthroughs without feeling that slog feeling you know like if you want to get to a specific part of the narrative or you just want to get to this boss like it 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 feels better because it doesn't feel like you don't have to run away from a battle and just keep going over and over again um especially if you're leveled high enough where it doesn't matter if you have to fight them and so like it it's just the way that all of the streamlining that they've done in this game is very good. I, there's nothing in there that feels like, oh, I'm immediately overpowered at the start of the game. Like, it's still relatively well-balanced, but some of the little things that they do put in make the game feel a lot better. Specifically with Mementos, that was a huge addition to the game that they they made a lot better, in my opinion, is that they, they took a lot of the requests and stuff that you would normally do, you would just go into mementos to grind and it would just feel like a slog and stuff. And like, you just get bored and you're just doing these side quests just to power you up or get an item or whatever your reasoning is behind it. It's just like now in, in Royal it, there's more purpose to it in a lot of ways. Well, that uh, well, the thing is like, there was a purpose in the original because you did it to um, get certain people's social links up, no spoilers to the characters, blah, blah. Yeah. The problem is though, is that in Mementos in the original, even if you got the van attack, it didn't insta-kill every enemy. There were situations that even if you were like five levels above this crappy enemy you killed a thousand times, you won't get the insta-kill. Yeah. Now in Royale, you get the guaranteed insta-kill. It's like, bam! Yeah, battle done! Yeah. Battle done! Battle done! Yeah, and that's a huge thing, too, because like Mementos has so many levels. Like, Oh, yeah, gonna- it, it, it is a lot. And the fact that you don't have to get stuck at every battle, even if you hit him with the you know, the bonus car hit and you, you do a ton of this damage. Like you would still have to sit there. Now it's just like, you run them over, you keep going and that's it. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> the hit and run tactic is beautiful, but in a lot of ways, like, you know, they, ha- they added this additional character who I won't, I guess, spoil, even though he's not really that uh, potent in the narrative is that there's an addition- additional character that makes mementos more worthwhile. And that like, it- it's worth actually going through because it's an additional bonus. Not only can you do that, you can upgrade mementos now so that it gives you better bonuses, better money rewards, better item rewards. You can get more XP when you're grinding through mementos, which is a huge thing. Um, and there's a specific character who can provide that to you, assuming you pick up the things that he has and it- all the stuff that he asks you to do. And, and it just, there's just a lot about mementos and in the game in general that just makes it better to play. And it should be experienced, especially if you're a fan of the original game and want to play through it again. Or if you're just someone who has never played it yet, like Royal's the way to do it. And yeah. So you heard it. <laughs> you said Rob says go play the game. Yeah, I yeah. have not played it. Um, I played the first one. I will play this one after my backlog is completed. And um, speaking of backlogs, Final Fantasy VII Remake came out. Yeah, We're not going to talk about the game too much. We're not going to spoil it because Steven is still playing through the game, as am I. As am I. This is the part that says that the game is 23 years old and we should get over it. But they've changed. There are a ton of A lot of stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, uh, What was the fun thing? Um, The girl, Jessie. This, uh, oh my god. Yeah, I got to protect uh, Jessie. She was not a character or at least not an important one. In the last game, she like, is the internet's favorite waifu right now. Yeah. Oh my! <laughs> All I God. know is that this character, for a non-playable, like a non-party member, has seen more attention 
than anyone I've ever seen. In a I really game. wish you could use her in your party. Oh my god, I really. I mean, wish she doesn't you look like she's got any like cool moves up her sleeve. She's just—it's weird to have a character that's so like intertwined with what's going on at the given moment for her to say, "All right, I'm going to go eat chips in the back. You sort this out." Like it's so—it's <laughs> weird. It's like a disconnect. The way they wrote her character. It's like okay, this this was unexpected, but this is so good. Thank you very much. All of them. We talked about cool. this before, but Wedge, Wedge, I like him. He's kind of the, the guy that wants to hang around, around everybody, but he's also the really cool kid. You get to know him. Biggs, he's just like I'm a badass. You just don't know mm-hmm. him, but I'm a badass. And then Jesse, who was like, all right, I could be your your girl, but I don't want to be your girl. I'm just playing you, but I'm right here. And I'm also pretty badass. It's like, all right, you know what? Between her and, and Tifa and, and Arif is like, Clout, my man. Oh, my God. What sexy are you boy, DOI. What are you doing? <laughs> He's doing was, it wrong because he has a I hammer mentioned this point. lightly, but I've noticed, at least in the little bit I've played, they are, like, steamrolling through Cloud's, like, character arc. Which is really weird to me. Like he starts off the story as like you know the casual like I'm only in this for the money. Don't talk to me. I'm not your friend. Get away from me. And I'm like, not your oh, bro. Don't call yeah. me bro. Love by it. like hour four, everyone's like, was that a smile cloud? Oh my god, there is a heart. And he's like, yeah. I care about you guys a little bit, and I'm not going to admit that. And it's weird. It, it kind of felt like it was like shouldn't this be in like the last game or something? No. And Jumping no. off that too, there is a lot of fast forwarding in terms of the narrative and I won't go into specific details, but there's a lot of like flashbacks and stuff that are truly pushing forth a lot of the stuff that you wait until after Midgar to find out about. And like a lot of it now is just popping up and it's right in front of you and it's telling you, okay, you know, here are the details that you wouldn't normally learn here. Like a lot of it has changed and a lot of it changed in a very jarring, but a very good way. And it's just like, you know, it makes you wonder what's going to happen in the next episode, even though if you haven't finished it or not, like, especially if you're somebody who's played the original game, you know, it makes you wonder where a lot of this content that's now in Midgar is going to show up later on. And even if it's just the smallest thing to the biggest thing, like there's a lot of stuff in there that it's just like, okay, now this is here. So how does this affect the payoff of a certain other thing that happens later on? There's a lot of different stuff where it's like, it makes you wonder how much did they truly change in the future stuff as well? Because a lot of this now is just like, you're learning about it and you're getting these little hints and stuff that like, if you are a returning player, like you appreciate these details, but at the same time, how is it going to affect what the rest of the stuff is? It really makes you feel like it is a reimagining. It's not just, it definitely re- is. It definitely yeah. is. I, I, I heard some stuff about the ending of the game, but then I moved away from it really quickly because I want to beat it myself and see it. But it does sound like this is more of a, a reimagining than a remake or a remaster or remake, what you want to call it, because they are trying to change some shit in the game. Well, the main thing that I noticed, the main reason I felt like bringing up the fact that Cloud is going through his character arc so fast and all these characters are seemingly getting like closure. Writing 101, if your character gets their arc done, you shoot them in the head. And that's like, and part of me is like thinking there is absolutely like probably some like hard right coming up or something. Because I like this is I was talking about this also. What on earth is supposed to carry over from this game to like whatever next part of this there is? Like, and um, I, yeah, yeah. Like I, mean, I, just, I feel like cool. I'm like playing this game to like reach like level fifty, sixty, or like whatever. And I feel like it'd be really weird if like the second part comes out and it's like, all right, clouds level one again. Here's your 
the lame Buster story just started off with, and they pat you on the back. So go go, go get him, Tiger. Like, it'd be can, weird. can I also can I also say I love the fact that you're not stuck with the Buster sword. You can use whatever weapon you want, and I yeah. love the weapon upgrade system. That is so good. Yeah, it's so good. It's not like you're just taking something like a Buster sword that is iconic and people want to use. It's not invalidating it with the new weapons either, because the new weapons have their own separate abilities that you can use too. And it changes depending on how you want to play the game, which is the most interesting part to me is that like, regardless of the stat upgrades that you have and stuff, you can choose to play the game differently and get these different abilities that you want, which is really cool to me too. Um, Mm. But like going off of some of the gameplay stuff or going up the, some of the narrative stuff, a lot of the big things is like the changes that they've made do change some of the implications of stuff specifically with like the whole purpose of avalanche as well as like sephiroth's presence in general is very different in this game compared to the original it's not very black and white in this game that was what i noticed like there was a lot of people where it was like um there was this scene where barrett gets into an argument with some middle manager and it's kind of like implying that like maybe what's barrett's doing isn't all that noble and like chaos happens and this middle manager that had like no character development all of a sudden says like they're like him and like Tifa come to like an agreement and he's like, I'll keep everyone safe. And they like humanize this guy that I'm pretty sure they would not have like given a single good trait to in the previous like 1997 installment. That was because in 1997 we were, I'm going to even kill him, but the original game was essentially like, it was very amoral and you were the terrorist, but now it's like, I don't think that was slide nowadays. So we got to make you look like the good terrorist. Like well, you were tricked. That- the, the one of the thing that happens in like the first hour of the game after you do the big explosion at the Mako um, yeah, place, yeah. you you like have to go through a street as like everyone's like crying as their houses are on fire and it's like this really surreal kind of thing. Well, that, uh, here's my thing on that: in that you had said it makes things less black and white, but in my opinion, I think it kind of does make it more black and white in a weird way because like in the original game. During the Maker Reactor raid, you go in, you destroy everything. Avalanche sets the bomb; it goes off. Ta-da! You know, spoilers for the first game. I mean, you know, I yeah, don't know 20, yeah, twenty years later. That, but <laughs> um, spoilers for the first game. You succeed oh. in the first Maker Reactor raid, and you blow up the reactor. And Avalanche does it. And like Avalanche is the one that is the bad guy there. And and it's like people had to go and interpret for themselves if they should determine that Avalanche made the right choice in destroying that fully knowing that it would impact the people who live around the reactor and even kill some people too, because there's still some destruction of the neighborhood surrounding the reactor. And we see that a lot in the remake too, but remake does a change very specifically immediately in the beginning that says that, okay, well maybe avalanche isn't as bad as it seems, but maybe somebody else was at fault for it. And I'm not going to spoil who, but like it turns it into this thing where, before where you used to think that you're not really sure if you should believe avalanche is being a hero even though they want to save the planet now it's kind of made it more seem like okay they are the hero but they didn't intend to do the thing that happened and now it's caused more destruction isn't yeah. necessarily their fault and then that, yeah, comes that, that exactly where, like, like i said before like oh no you in original you were terrorist. so you were tricked you would have really, which wouldn't fly. Like I said, that's not gonna make sense. Like, look, if you're gonna make, if you're gonna go full douchebag, go full douchebag. It's fine. No one's gonna care. You're cloud. Yeah, and I don't want to spoil it again, but it like it makes it feel like a certain entity ha- has become more of a villain uh, immediately, rather than yes. over time you learn that they are 
a bad or evil entity. In, in yeah, yeah. That, that, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm deeply upset by that. It, it's can like, I, can I ask you? Do you think they're playing on people who have already played this game in the past, and assuming that you've already did, you have played this game once upon a time ago? I doubt that. I yeah, I've, I've played it a bunch of times before. I played a bunch of times. I I this I doubt that because it's like it's Square. Square always try to rewrite history. I mean, you play the other games. I actually do wonder what place this M, including the Resident Evil 2 remake and the Resident Evil 3 remake, what place in history are we going to, like, is it going to eventually take? Like, are we going to, like, say, like, which will be remembered more? Um, Whatever whatever they keep in print. I'm being quite serious. It's because they own the publisher. So whatever games, if they, if they keep the original Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy R, Part 1, 2, and 3 in print where people can buy and play it. Then people will probably, probably, and this is my opinion, not to be a jerk. People will remember fondly of the original Final Fantasy VII because it was the original. It's the same way people still remember Chrono Trigger to the day I die. I think Chrono Trigger is the greatest RPG ever created. Well, see, that's a different story because we never got a remake of Chrono Trigger. Well, until until you know recently, we're probably gonna get one no, during Square. The, it brings into the question also, of the like, Chrono is, Trigger remake was pretty bad, from what I understand. No, yeah, it, it, it was it was it wasn't it. It wasn't. It was all that was was the the mobile version brought over. That's all it was. Yeah, but I mean, to that point, it makes me wonder because a lot of the conversation that's going to come up because of this question is, what's the definitive edition? You know, what is the one that you should play if you want to become, if you want the most pure experience, you want to be the most, you know, like uh, you're a fan, you want the experience of Final Fantasy VII. Which one is that going to be? And obviously we can't determine that now because the rest of the remake episodes aren't even out yet. And sure, you can immediately come out and say the original is the definitive experience. But what if there are certain stuff in, in, in the remake that expands on a character or whatever? And some people think that that's more important to them compared to what the original game did to them. You know, I have I, two answers for that one. I have two answers. One, it's going to depend on your generation and if you've ever played the original. Yeah, right. The second answer is going to be we don't know where they're taking this game. This game could go in a completely different direction. Right. And like I said, it also depends on to keep it in print. Like, for example, if they just, if Square says, you know what? There's only Final Fantasy 7R till the day we die. We never print the original. Then people will grow up with it. There'll be less and less people aware of it unless, you know, the, the retro kids and the ROM hackers will know about it. It's the same way, like, certain games are getting popular. Like, you know. There's still people who enjoy Streets of Rage 3 compared to other Streets of Rage. I don't know why, but they enjoy it. Well, so right, it's so like So it's finish. like it depend it depends what the company decides to make as their flagship. Like for example, uh, Atlas is still printing all versions of Persona. You can still get Persona 3 and all those reprints 4 and, and Golden if you want limitations and 5 and 5R. So they want you to experience all of it. The problem is, is that Again, if Square decides to tell everybody we're only printing five, uh, you know, seven R till the day we die, seven original doesn't count anymore. Then you have to hold that. Then seven R is going to be experienced forever because they stopped printing the original. I don't think they'll ever do that. I mean, they've it's already a, stopped no, printing the original. Some game companies have done that before with the HD remakes and blah blah blah. But I mean, the original is already out of print, and you can only get it online anymore. It, well, exactly. I'm talking about they stopped printing that. They stopped selling it. Like it's impossible. Let, let's just say like ten generations of gaming. They stop. I'm not saying they're going to do it, but like there'll be no more original Final Fantasy seven. We're only giving you, you know, seven R. Seven R will be the definitive edition. Like Rob said, we're too far out to to really yeah, answer yeah. that question. It really but... de- no. It really depends what the publisher does. It's not up to us yeah. because yeah. 
But it is up to us also. You yeah. think about it. Because well, we played was, the original. Was saying earlier, Keith was saying earlier that Persona 5, or, Final Fantasy 7 isn't finished. So we can't really judge it from the quality of a remake. But I think maybe we could tackle it from the Resident Evil standpoint. Because those are finished games. I yeah. mean, well, Resident Evil 3 is DLC. But that's just me being smug. Uh, I think no, that... it is. No, it totally is. <laughs> but, what, but what would happen? What would happen? Like this is a true story. Capcom could do this because Capcom's a good the master of each remake. Like they remake Final Fight on many times. But it's like let's just say they stop giving people the classic over these the renditions of Resident Evil games, and you have to play the remakes. And they it's too many people from normal, and then you play it. It's well, one of the reasons why the fact that the name is the game is called Remake. Obviously, it says, "Hey, this is not the original game. This is a different take on the game." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see if they're calling it if they're if they're saying no. This is now Resident Evil Three. This is now Final Fantasy Seven. The old one doesn't exist anymore. It's this one. Then I can see that argument, but it's it's definitely called a remake for a reason, guys. This is not the original game. This is a remake, a different imaging of the game. It's not exactly what it was. So take it for what it is. If they decided to change the name and say no, this is now Final Fantasy. Seven Definitive Edition, then we can raise all hell, but they're not. They're still calling it a remake at the end of the day. Well, here's the and thing, right? If you the- recommend somebody like the um any of like Resident Evil, Final Fantasy Seven, they will say a lot of at least a good amount of people will say they don't hold up, or at least more so to the Resident Evil because of the tank controls. The Resident the Evil does not hold up. It no, yeah. no, tank tank controls are the worst thing ever happened. Yeah, like people will say those kind of things. And from a Capcom's perspective of I want to get as many fans or as many people invested in the series, it would make more sense to push these remakes because like the remakes, they they feel good to control, even if like maybe they aren't like a more definitive or they aren't the same thing that people had in 1990, whatever. It's more appealing to say, hey, do you want to play? People say Resident Evil 2 is one of the scariest games it's ever made. Here's we've we've made it more appealing to you specifically. And I'm glad to bring that up too, because there is another fundamental thing about the remake that's very different from it is that it's not a turn-based combat game anymore. It's all about action. And yes, there's strategic elements to it. So I'm not it's, being reductive yeah. when I say that. Oh boy. Like, Every, like, I, I, no, like, like I discussed with what we discussed when we played the demo, it reminded me of Final Fantasy 13, but faster. I mean not 13, 12, but faster. Wait. 12 was 13. on wait, 11 is the one yeah, 11 is the one that went online. 13, 13 had three bad three bad games. So yeah, it was a uh, 12. It reminds me of 12, but faster. A lot of it, the mechanics, the ATB system, it's very straightforward. I yeah. will say this. I love the the updated system, and every Final Fantasy needs to have that option going forth. It's very cool because I like like how every character has their own unique abilities, but not only because they can just pick it from the menu, like there are unique characteristics of how they play that change the way you fight something. Because obviously there's the, the most obvious one, which is Barrett can hit ranged enemies because he's the one with the projectile. He can hit somebody from far away where Cloud probably wouldn't be able to jump to and get him. And then it, it gets even more complex with like the difference between Operator and Punisher mode for Cloud, where he gets to choose how he wants to attack something specifically. He can come in with a more conservative approach with the Operator mode, which is like the standard fight ability that you have which does the standard amount of damage you have the standard amount of movement you can defend yourself perfectly like that or you can do the punisher mode which is more uh attack oriented you're much stronger but you're much slower you can't defend um and you can only parry and that changes things in like if you wanted to play aggressively and you know you can capitalize on this moment it changes the way you play in a way that like okay well if somebody's gonna hit me i need to parry this 
and I can't just defend. I'm going to lose too much health. And then it's like a risk reward thing. That's like completely different from how, you know, like if you were in the turn-based system, like it's like you either understand the weakness or you're punished for it. Now it feels like there are certain circumstances, regardless of whether you know a weakness or not, like the way you play influences how it's going to play out. It's very action game in that sense, but it's, it's just very cool compared to like, um, if they had just turned it into a straight up action game where you just mash button like Kingdom Hearts and you kill a thing, and it's, it's like, like Final yeah, Fantasy it was- 15 game that everyone really enjoyed. That was my fit. Wait, no, no, that game sucked. <laughs> Sorry, um, but yeah, th- that's another big thing too. Is that like if we're comparing the two together, um, and if it is this what's definitive or not argument, like they play fundamentally different too, and that's a big thing about it as well. Is like who's going to be willing to jump into something that's a completely different combat system that they might see as slower or less enjoyable to the most extreme extent. True, and like that, as we point out, Persona, Persona has made battle into changes where it's more definitive where the combat combat feels much more fluid. That's also the mood too. But the thing to me though is that like the reason why Final Fantasy 7 versus the Final Fantasy 7 R is uh Final Fantasy 7 still plays like a combination of Chrono Trigger a little bit of the ATB system and the rich and a traditional RPG. And that to me and then you turn into a more action based game. It's as you point out two completely different game styles of playing it, but you give you two different ways of actually understanding what the game mechanics want you to do. Like in Final Fantasy VII, you are really trying to mimic, like you're you're predetermining the turns in your head. Like, do I make Cloud Attack? Do I make, you know, Barret Heal? Do I do XX with this character? Do I use an item? While in Seven, you're like, just, you know, just, just you're constantly just doing something to give you more enjoyment rather than calculating. I prefer turn-based RPGs in some aspect, well, some of them, because you have a calculated risk for doing it. In action games, there's always kind of a way you can just like jet out the system and we talk more about bad habits and games later, but it's two different ways. I would say of tackling how to make your game enjoyable. Do you, do you think it's a good, like you pointed out, if it wasn't for the insta kill system in R that's better than original people would hate R cause the only mindless battles you have to do mindless. It's like, I can't be killing the same, you know, what was it? The nightshade again and again and again and again in the same dungeon. They'd be pointless. If it wasn't for the insta kill. While in an action game, you don't feel bad doing it because you just experiment what works and doesn't work. You can always like, okay, I never tried to spell out before. Let me try this guy's weak. Let me just see if I bust him up. <coughs> okay. <clears throat> all right. So um, we all had different opinions about the remakes, but I think overly we've all enjoyed the remake so far. Um, yeah. Some more so than the other ones. So it's, it's a great time for gamers. We'll leave it at that. It is a really good time for gamers, especially since, since we're stuck inside the house. house. We're stuck inside of a damn house. There's we can't too many go anywhere. RPGs to play in social distancing. And if you, look at this. Look at this. That's not the only RPG coming out this month. There's also um, Trials of Mana from Square Enix coming out in another Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Of, which I have to play as well because well, I, I enjoyed the this, demo. I know that this is not an anime podcast, but I felt like YouTube was messing with me specifically. It recommended me that Shelter music video. I don't know if any of you guys have recognized that. It's like a little six-minute animated short about this girl who is absolutely quarantined for the rest of eternity, basically. Hmm. You might have seen it before. I feel like I might be the only one who knows what I'm talking about. I've never heard of it. Yeah, I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> You're on your own, buddy. I'll, but it's I'll okay. About it. We're all on our own. Um, this next topic, I don't want to spend too much time in it because there's not really much to really talk about. And that is The Last of Us Part 2 being delayed for the foreseeable future. As you guys know, this game has been hit with delay after delay after delay. 
it was supposed to be at PAX East, people to play, but then the whole Sony pulling out of or PlayStation pulling out of, out of um, PAX East, so it was playable there. And then this whole COVID 19 coronavirus nonsense came out and put the SmackDown on that game pretty hard, which is pretty meta because it's a game about a pandemic that's being delayed because of a, pan- a pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. So this game is not coming out anytime soon. And the question that I have is do you think this game will? be delayed until the launch of the PlayStation 5? No, I don't uh, know. Well, I think if it gets said, too um, close, yes. I listened but... to a, a little interview with Neil Druckmann, so I got a bit of context about like kind of where they're at. From what I understand, the game is basically finished, and what they're more so doing is they're arguing with marketing people over distribution rather than... And I feel like if, it, if the issue is marketing or distribution, it would be almost just as bad if they waited for the release of the PlayStation 5. If they released it for just yeah. PS4. Yeah, I agree. Um, and to, to going off of that, like it makes sense because like marketing people are obsessed about optics, which is exactly what this game would probably run into is that if they had released it now, like think about like any kind of, Regardless if it's bogus or not, there'd be plenty of media coming out and saying, like, this is either uh, uh, very, um, uh, what's the word for it, like, uh, relevant to our times right now, what's happening to us all around the world, you know, like, and to whether people would think that's a good or bad thing. And, like, I get that marketing might see that and say, okay, this could affect the sales of our game if somebody is so, uh, has had their life ruined by COVID-19, you know, something like that, like, they're not going to be willing to go out and pay this game regardless if they can afford it or not. Like if it's something that has destroyed their life or, you know, who's going to want to go into something that basically resembles a more extreme version of what we're dealing with now. Like it could affect them emotionally in ways that they can't, you know, anticipate. So to some extent it makes sense for them delaying it in a lot of ways, even regardless of any of the bureaucratic or, or business nonsense, like, there's a lot of emotional impacts that this game could have, especially during a time right now that would cause irreparable damage in a lot of ways. Um, if you listen to like uh, Troy Baker, the voice actor for Joel, he's been saying some like fishy stuff on Twitter. If any of you guys have been keeping an ear out, he's like saying that people are going to be very divisive over this game. He's saying that people are going to maybe hate the story or like, and I think he's more so talking from like that. There are ideas that might offend certain people kind of sprinkled uh throughout the game that kind of thing but he's been like talking in this very suspect way for a while he's just trying to hype the game up that's what he yeah, does he always yeah. does that he there, always there, does that, that but i feel like it's also part of something that we've already expected from this game i mean i think it was like the second trailer that came out for this game there was the torture scene that a bunch of people covered and said like oh this is gross this is disgusting why are games doing this now you know why are we getting this absurd amount of gore or, or you know just like physical harm inflicted on people you know why do we need to see this like i imagine it's if he is talking truthfully about the game and rather just rather than just saying like oh here's the game you know we should play it i'm gonna get people excited about it like you know this is something that people should already expect from something like this that is a gritty survival apocalyptic game it's like if you've never played the first one what are you doing why would you that i mean i mean there's been so many games that have been it's just as gory a good a good example i just i just walked not recently my wife and my daughter in the front room playing um the walking dead on xbox you want to uh, talk about a gory game? The, tale, the Telltale's game, or the, yeah, the, the yeah. yeah, You want to okay. talk about a gory game? Okay, people I mean, yeah. were, were, were we 
I don't want to say we're desensitized to this stuff, but most gamers, even casuals, are used to this. We play games like this to take our mind off the real life of things that are happening. And I understand that there are people that can't disconnect the two from real life from a game. We, we've seen this time and time again. But there are forms of entertainment. They're just, it's no different than watching a movie about the end of the world that it's something that's totally possible every day. That's true. I'm, I'm thinking of it from a different point of view. Like, um, like The Last of Us, the original, that was... I don't consider that horror. It was the thematics of it and, and the storytelling of it. That's what he probably means of offensive in some nature. Like, for example, um, I don't know if he hinted towards the internet or the fan base believed that uh, that, what's his face? I forgot her name. Ellie? Mm-hmm. The, the female lead. I forgot her yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. Ellie. Yeah. yeah, Ellie, yeah. She allegedly is, like, gay or whatever. Some crap people can't deal with that. Or maybe they talk about, or, you know, allegedly, I don't really care. Or they talk about themes that are very personal for women or growing up. And they could be jarring for some people because, you know, some people, some people are complete cowards or snowflakes what the term you want to use just losers i call them because it's like we'll call oh my losers. god yeah loser oh my god it's talking about a thing i don't want to hear about oh, if you have a oh. problem with two females or two guys kissing in this day and age welcome to this year they talk about things that they don't feel comfortable talking about outside of the home the home the homosexuality aspect or certain thematics and themes they don't like, play the game yeah, exactly, and, that, and I agree that don't play the game, but it's like they—it's like again, snow—they are the snowflakes, the masks. It's like I because the Last yeah. of Us, remember the first one had rape in it. She almost got raped for real by oh, no, a psycho to death. He, 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 and in and, and, and the end, you kill Nolan North because everyone wants to kill Nolan North in real life. I mean, he's Nolan North. I was actually really no, no, disappointed with how that arc went. I'm going to be honest. I feel like they had like this really cool thing going on where he was this guy who maybe wanted to do the right thing for the people under his lead. And, you know, no, and he no, he was, he was. And then they just throw just... it all out and said, no, he's a child molester rapist. It's all right. Beat him to death with a machete. It's okay. Don't worry about it. That, to, be, to be fair, it's Nolan North. He had it coming. He was Nathan Drake. Oh, he had a good. <laughs> look, he had it. He had it for too good for too long. Someone's got to take him down a peg. And you're Where very is this lucky. From? <laughs> this is coming from. Uh, um, you, deep, and it's well, coming off of frustration, some anger, some. Pet oh no, no, no! It's a running joke I have because um, what should we call it? A, I forgot the guy who voices um the main character Bioshock Infinite. You know, that's also Troy Baker. Oh, Baker. That's Troy, Troy Baker. Yeah. There you go, yeah. Troy Baker. <laughs> Troy Baker doesn't like Nolan North in real life. It's a running joke. They joke about each other. Oh, Troy's like, oh, yeah, I get yeah, to yeah. kill you in real life. Dang, I hated you since birth. You took Nathan Drake for me. It was true. Troy Baker you wanted know, to be. I, I want to get to a point where we're going to have games, at least 10 games, 10 big games that does not feature Troy Baker. Yes, but he's got good voice. <laughs> like, actor, just. But. God, give somebody else a chance. I think he's good, though. But he's good. He's a bad actor. No, he's great. I no, agree. I think the problem is like as a point is that's a joke, but it's like um, it's like these a lot of good games actually make you think about some other aspects. Like for example, you we were discussing Final Fantasy VII remake and how it's different from in the from the original where you were a terrorist who do good versus you were tricked into being terrorists. Is that justifiably a better story? Who knows? Okay, what do you're, you're a terrorist is a terrorist is a terrorist. You're still blowing shit up. You're still a bad yeah, exactly, but it's like. Every good game makes you think about the consequences and actions, how deep it is. Like, for example, what's that word? What's that word looking for? Morally gray. That's what it morally is. gray. Yeah, there you games, go. Some games are that way, some aren't. But like to me, Devil May Cry had actually a deep storyline on one, three, and five. Two, two is crap. Even consider it four. But they teach you like aspects of like. 
there's actually a good story. There's actually a good thesis out there about the difference between Nero's quest for power versus Virgil's quest for power. And it's a good game as you think about that. Like good games make you think about yourself and the game and what it means in thematics. If you're going to avoid that because it hurts your feelings, you'll talk about then Don't play the game. As you pointed out, Keith, you're, 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 you're a goddamn coward. Like that's the whole point. You still well, enjoy it. It's an art. You enjoy art. I want to bring it back to one thing. A, a lot of people seem to believe that, even unconsciously, that Naughty Dog kind of owes them something for oh, delaying yeah. the game. Like, hey, they hey, want hey, hey, that's the case. Here we go, guys. This is Business 101. Companies <laughs> don't owe you anything. They are not your friends. They don't care about you. They won't shake your hand. They will take your money and peddle you their stuff and be happy that you spent your money on their stuff. And then they'll stab you in the back. That's fair enough. They're not your I, friends. Well, there I was don't owe you shit. There was like a leak going around. I forget what it was. Like some ex-Naughty Dog employee says that, that the people should expect The Last of Us Part Two to be the last great Naughty Dog game or something like that because a lot oh, of Oh, I hate it. Oh, yeah, I was that. That that guy just, that's, that. that's conjecture. No, yeah. <laughs> that's like, that's yeah. somebody's opinion. That guy, I want to say... I don't work there anymore and I'm pissed. Yeah. That's what that is. <laughs> yeah, I... I I, I hate it when when I came out because it made me upset. Cause it's like, oh, it's the last great one. You know, you know, people said that about when you know Santa Monica came out with Dave, ja uh, you know, Dave Jaffe made the last, you know, God of War game. It's the last God of War is gonna make. It's all downhill after three. And we got God of War for PS4. So you know, SCFU. Yeah. All I want to say is that like. I think because you brought up like the issue of like losers and stuff, like people who are have their political differences and why yeah. they don't like a game, like. I get that to some extent, but like stuff with like gore and things like that is not affected by somebody's hate speech or anything like that. Oh, like, no, that, no, no. That's something that's like very clearly like, you know, regardless of whether it's in the game or not, it's it's something that you can't like argue against. It's something that can realistically happen to somebody regardless of their background, you know, and it's just yeah. like, you know, people saying like, oh, this is going to be like a game that's divisive or things like that. And like, I get it. That's like talking about the strictly political stuff and like you know, games like this are going to have those inspirations and like anybody who's like freaking out about that or are worried about that, you know, it's, it goes back to the whole thing that we started with this whole tangent was that like, um, you know, whether or not like it coming out at the right time is, it should be now or should they should wait. And like, I guess what I'm trying to kind of get at is now that I'm losing my train of thought uh, is that, the when this game comes out is, uh, I had a good point it there, like, and I, it literally I went away. What you're it sucks. Is that it uh, what you're, I know what you're getting. You're getting at this is I'm not not some of my rant is that regardless of the game has dark thematic themes or physical you know aberrations of violence and blah blah blah, it doesn't take away that the game of art is something to appreciate, and you should not devalue game because of it. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I do remember. I remember exactly what I was trying to say. Oh. Is that um, when you get to these points where these like very traumatic things occur, it's not up to your control how you react to that kind of thing, especially if something like that has happened to you, because it, it will determine to you how you're going to react to it in the game. So like if you see something that has happened to you in the past and it, it's a trigger, it's something causes you to have this emotional reaction that you were not prepared for, then it makes sense that they might want to delay this game because they are not sure how that can affect people. The consumers themselves will not be sure how that will affect them. Even if they know that they have a certain emotion about something that they know they, they feel about this particular, um, you know, 
trigger warning or, or this particular aspect of something that they don't agree with or they have experienced and is traumatic for them, you can't anticipate that kind of thing. And so, like, if they go ahead and delay the game because of that reason, it's understandable, you know, because it's like this could cause something for a lot of people, especially nowadays, that will, will throw them into – you know, an act, a bent of depression or they, or they just like, you know, something worse could happen. And, you know, you don't want to have that stem from something that was triggered from a video game. You know, it's video games are supposed to be an escape for a lot you of people. Should not, exactly. You should not be triggered by a video game and a movie. It, again, you have to be able to separate real life from yeah fiction. You have to Because If you can't do that, there's something wrong with you in a sense that, Anything could trigger you the wrong way. Yeah, yeah, and, and, it, and it shows. If, yeah, yeah. Oh, if no. the company realizes that, and it's like there is some evidence where that could happen to a larger amount of people, especially with the things that are going on, they have to realize that they're like, okay, we should probably step back because this could cause irreparable, irreparable damage to the sales of our game and to the image of our game, and that that's very important. I understand where you're coming from, but I, I lean towards Keith of like, you know, like, like I call it self-control. It's like, come on, man. It's it's the same thing. I think we talked about, an, an, you know, maybe two or three episodes ago about Ninja screaming when he loses a game, a game that is not good, but it's like, dude, you're playing a random battle royale where everything is randomized. There is no way 100% of the time the luck is going to be in your favor. You lost. Well, you have to separate from that. Yeah, and his argument was strictly just like, Okay, people use this one aspect of the game that is competitively better than anything else you can pick up on the field, and he's complaining about it because he he believes that it it takes away variety. And I mean, I'm not going to say I agree with Ninja. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. but but like that's like something different. It's like it's the difference between a competitive edge and an emotional reaction is is that like no, he competitive edge is whether he wins or not. And at the end of the day, he's streaming to for entertainment. It's it's not about whether he wins or not. The money is not on the line. You know, and it's just like, whereas like with this kind of game, like if it could, it, you know, say a really bad story comes out about this game, somebody who is affected by COVID to the point where it's traumatizing to them and they go back and play this game, something happens to them and and something tragic happens to them, you know, and they react to it because of this game, you know, they want to try to avoid that at all costs. And it's not something that they can necessarily anticipate or whatever, for whatever reason. And it just like, it's this is the perfect opportunity for them to to save themselves from something like that. Whereas, like if they wait a long, like a little bit amount of time, you know, all this COVID stuff goes away, then then you know people will be more accepting of that, and the the media and stuff like that will not sensationalize anything about that either. Because like you know, it, it that, can, that happens a lot too. It depends Games because we're, 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 we're <laughs> I forgot which um, Call of Duty game on a warfare where you shot a bunch of people in the airport. People still like, no oh rushing. my god, it's so violent. I'm like, no bro, I don't even care. This looks stupid. <laughs> when I was playing, it was like my younger all time. Right. Let's well, reel it back in. Let's reel it back in. <laughs> oh, I did. Uh, just wanted to share a fun fact during this interview with um, with uh, Neil Druckmann, the game director. I was hoping someone would say, "Oh, we should have a demo." Uh, we so should have I, a demo. I was because I had this like this trap card laying in wait, but uh, apparently all of the press demos that have been given out are actually the full game with like five lines of code that say "stop here," and so. People are like, just put that demo out to like regular PlayStations, and he, and Ooh. Druckmann's like, if you did that, you would have the full game in like a heartbeat, because <laughs> people would crack it and they pop it open and say, I've got the Last of Us Part Two, guys. Welcome to my live stream. I find that surprising. That reminds me. That reminds me of back in the day when um, 
uh, id software put out Quake, the shareware version of Quake, and all you needed was a, a key to unlock the full game. It was the full game, just you needed to lock a couple pieces of code. People figured it out. And I was like, oh, hey, look, I got I got Quake for free. That's what that reminds me of. <laughs> I know a lot of people are too young to remember this, but yeah. <laughs> but provided that what he's saying is true, we are probably not seeing a demo, period, for like some time. Unless, like, I mean, he says that, like, according to him, like I said, he's during an interview, whatever, but he said I mean, it, it makes sense because it would take a lot of effort to make like an actual demo. Exactly. Part. Yeah. That's what he says. Like, yeah, it's a, it's a I've condensed never... version about a part of a game that it's like, you know, you have to change a lot of things and you have to take a lot of stuff out that might be integral to the next part of the game and stuff. And like, yeah, it, it, it can be a technical undertaking just to make a demo for something that you're trying to finish the full game on. You know what I mean? So it's like, it makes sense. All right. So to wrap this up, let's go around. Do you think it's being? Do you think the delay is going to affect overall sales of the game? Is it yes or no? Is it yes or no? No. Yes. Yeah. I, I, no. No. It's it, it, it's no. It's less Last of Us. You are going to get it. And they could delay the game to like twenty forty. People in the wheelchairs would get. It. I mean, look at Kingdom Hearts. Twenty right. years, and people still bought it. Since you bring it down to just a simple yes or no, but it more so depends on like are we talking like week one sales? Because yeah, I definitely think those will be affected because people aren't some people not in the know just probably won't. It, I really wonder how much of like a like a time frame they're going to give us if they're going to say the game's going to come out in two months. They say it's going to come out in four months. Like they, it would have been nice to know at the very least if they had like if if this was even going to be in this year. I think if we get to like September, October, and then they it would make no sense to put it on the PlayStation 4. Because it's like you get into this area where it's like there's a couple months left for eyes, you know, theoretically stuff this console away in my garage or whatever, and I never go back to it for whatever reason, you know. Um, then it's just like, all right, well, is it worth it to put it out on the PS4 if people are preparing to buy the new console? recession or not like even then like even if they're wearing a an economic boon and everybody has plenty of money to spend like people are just going to put away that old console after a few months if all of these new games that they want to go theoretically play are going to be ready for them on release you know it's just like okay well then they might consider porting it over to the ps5 or adapting it for the ps5 you know or just give that it back with compatibility so much work to just there's that on. too yeah yeah all right, well, we're moving on. We spent way too much time on this. And we're not, so that's going to take away from this topic. So I was playing a game. I won't say which game it was. And I was thinking, you know, I do this shit an awful lot when I really don't need to do this. So I figured, why not have a segment where we talk about some of the gaming habits we picked up that aren't really good? Um, I'm going to go first. Reloading when I don't need to reload. That's actually a good habit to have, actually. No. Depending on the <laughs> Depending on the shooter. Depending on the shooter. If your gun is slow and it takes forever to reload and you're in the middle of nowhere and you're like, well, I'm just going to reload and you can't fire a shot and you get shot because, well, I have 15 clips left in my round or in my magazine yeah. and I reload it for no reason. Yeah. That's happened too many times. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that happening. Uh, I learned from video games that drinking in real life does not actually restore your health or make you more immune to pain. That, that sounds like an interesting story. <laughs> that sounds like you didn't learn enough. You didn't yeah. check it out. <laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> uh, yeah. A saving three times because I have short-term memory loss. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm saved. And then I get up, I turn the chair around, you know, I change my position. I'm like, oh, man, I don't want to save and turn, forget to save. 
Yeah, that's, that was pretty mundane. I should have stuck with the drinking one. Uh <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a good point though. Cause like, you know, a lot of the times you might want to second guess your stuff as well. I didn't really have a core example for this, but I guess saving is actually a pretty good point. Cause like if I'm playing like any kind of random amount of RPG or whatever, like uh, I save a lot. Like uh, I'm totally guilty of saving way too way more often than I probably need to. And so like I guess it could apply to real life in the sense that like you know, if you, you're second guessing things or say you put something somewhere, you forget about it. You don't want to forget about it. You go back and like grab it. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where you're like, I, I don't know. Like you, you start like moving stuff around. You're, you're more careful about things. Like you, you try to like consider things for longer than maybe you have to. I guess that would, that would probably be mine just because like now that you bring it up, I think about a lot of stuff for a lot longer than I probably have to sometimes. So it's just like, I guess that's probably stems from me saving all the time because I make one decision that I might need to prepare for this next boss room for, and I have to would have to load back in for whatever reason. Then I have to move that over again. Oh, that's going to get so annoying. I might as well save now that I've made this one incremental change. That's going to get annoying. If I keep losing to this boss, like, I guess that would be mine. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Matt? I have a lot of them. I'm going with the basic Um, play. When any game I play, I look for, the most abusable mechanic, like I think it is, and I spent a lot of time tutorial mode that I destroyed the fun in the game. Like I killed it for myself. Like for example, uh, I need hope. When I found out how dash cancel works, and I realized the game isn't good because of how dumb this is, across the game of less than like two hours speedrun level. Um, I, I do that a lot, like because I'm very you hear me talk. I'm very analytical about games. I think about it like in a very like big brain level. So it's like. If I, I would sit there and, like, let's say the tutorial says jump, slide, punch. All right, let me see what all these does. Oh, wow, this is how everything works. So let me mess around with it more and more and more. Okay, I know this works. And then I stomp the game. It's like, what? dude, you're mad. Unfun. I'm sorry. It's like too try hard in, in games. I should not be try hard. I should enjoy it more, but it's who I am. You try hard. You try hard. I, it's not, look, I can give you, like, guys, I think I saw you in Discord. I almost got the world record in Hades beating under 25 minutes. That's how pretty much I played that game. I only ha- and I have like what fifty hours recording that game, <laughs> so I'm like I can speed run that game. Anything else? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, it does a whole list. Um, uh, in fighting game mechanics, I always try to look for uh, a character that has what what is their best neutral button versus everybody else, which is a hard. Well, I would sit in training mode and go five A five A five A. What's the better version? Is five A? Then go down list. Uh, I, like I have habits where I just try to dissect the game hey, look, so hard. Now. Upside down, Keith. Change the world. My mic is so uh my my uh webcam is so jacked up right now. Oh, I'm thing trying I to fix it, but nope. It's like nope, screw you, Keith. <laughs> like, yeah. Another thing I do in uh, games, particularly uh, RPGs, as you see me, I compare it. Like I look since I play a lot of games RPGs, I try to compare a lot of mechanics together. Well, that's not a I- bad habit. I'm talking about things that you should totally should not be doing. Oh, that oh, that's a bad habit. I should stop doing because I just like do it. Yeah. Uh, breaking games down in tutorial, things like that. Uh, I have an intense, I have an intense urge. Like anytime I would, pl- particularly a shooting game, like bleeding, like any game, I grind games too hard for no reason. That's the hard habit to have. I just, but, that just tells us you're an RPG player. In general, <laughs> yeah, in, in any game I could do that in. But um, I guess it's most, yeah, it was like I'll, I'll find a mechanic in the game and then break it down and then beat the game with that broken mechanic and then make the game unfun for people to watch me play or whatever. So you just basically you just you're just bragging that you're a hardcore gamer. That's basically what you're doing. <laughs> no, I'm not hardcore. If I was hardcore, I would like like really like the rogue likes people like. I don't like games like that. Uh, I guess another I guess another bad habit I have is uh, I'm not salty up with rage quit, but 
but I still think I still think Destiny is good. Part of me still thinks Destiny is a good game, but I can't say that out loud. Oh, I just did. <laughs> it's a good game. It's just they're ruining it. They're doing things that they're doing what Blizzard did to World of Warcraft. That's exactly what they're yeah, doing. That's the best way to describe it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly but no, I think. Yeah, I think I think the thing, yeah, my, my major weakness in bad habits of games, oh, the triple saving mechanic, or sometimes like in certain games, like I, I looked like even though I haven't beaten the game, make most games new game plus, I'll try to hundred percent it in the first try. Like, why am I trying to do hundred percent a game that I don't know nothing about? That's a, a terrible habit to have because I'm not playing the game just sitting there like doing Holy nothing. Crap. Holy crap, I look at the time. We've got like we're at it's ten eleven. We started at eight thirty. Yeah, so, this is a long podcast. Long uh, podcast. We're gonna <clears throat> we have to make up. We're jamming. Yeah, dude. but gonna make it up. Shit. Let's let's oh, crank wow. out another Two twenty minutes. Ago. But yeah, uh, my my thing is, uh, I guess my major weakness is that I'm a little, I'm way too intense about games that I should not be about, and it's a little, I come off, and I'm very analytical about my games. Like I'm very big brain for no reason. Like All I can right. go into an essay about why what's the difference between a good jumping mechanic and a bad jumping mechanic. No, we way. don't need no. Exactly, you don't want that. that. Actually, yeah. No, we don't need that. Right? Yeah. All right. Um. Matt, I'm give, I'm only leaving you five minutes to bitch today because we're. I'm not really gonna bitch about it, but Tekken had a patch note that came out. Uh, all the Mish- all the Mishima characters got buffed up. Where tracking, where the tracking moves are better, particularly Hell Sweep and uh, Electric Godwood Fist, which makes the game much more two dimensional. Because if you try to dodge it by sidestepping up or down, you still can get tracked and hit, which is very upsetting for a lot of people. People don't like that, and people are mad about the Tekken community director. They took it out on him, and Matt Harada. And I think that is that Harada doesn't want his game to be hardcore, but the more and more people play this game, the more hardcore people play Tekken are, which is a very hard balance to find. So I feel bad for the Tekken team working on it. How is and he not going to say he doesn't want his game to be hardcore? The, uh, because he does, believe it or not, he did, he when he makes Tekken, he doesn't give people the frame data. People have to do the frame data on their own. Now you can buy the frame data like five familiar. bucks. <laughs> so people, you know, it is what it is. That's that's. I think that Harada still thinks this game as a casual fighter or something you just pick up and go. That really shows that he has a disconnect from the fighting game community. The fact that people sit there and analyze every little bit of a fighting game since a fighting game has become popular. I think even crappy fighting games. Yes, even crappy. And I think it's because, you know, to end this conversation quick, is that he doesn't. He knows who he's selling to, but he's still trying to expand his market by, like, Tekken 7 has rage arts and, you know, pin it with death moves, which is supers. It has, you know, camera angles zoom in for the final shot, the insta-kill, you know, the, the finish combo. They make combos much easier. There's a, they have so, they have so many characters. He's still thinking of it as a game, he's not, he understands there's a base but he's trying always to expand it. And because he doesn't think of the hardcore as his first priority, that's been a success, and sometimes it's criticism of his games, and that's the that's the problem itself. It's like it's the difference between like his games and Arc Systems. Arc Systems always appeal; most of them appeal to the hardcore, like Guilty Gear. Guilty Gear is a hardcore game compared to Tekken, even though Tekken is now hardcore. So that's that's happening. Um, I guess people. Oh yeah, um, the another thing to talk about is my upset. I mean, you'd be upset too. Fantasy Star Online Two. I have to wait longer till it comes to Windows, but it's on Xbox, and I'm like, I'm upset about that deeply because I want to play it on my computer, and not Xbox. So, yeah, beta, beta boys. It's coming eventually. It's coming eventually, eventually, yeah. And that that's 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 what my ranting's at. Was unless you guys want to hear me talk about uh, how Hades needs 
part Hades, uh, how I really think Hades' fist weapon is super broken. And I can go no. for a five-hour essay about that. Exactly. No. You, can exactly. Write a, you can write an essay. We, we, we can do that next week. We're not right now. We're two no, hours no, no. deep in. Yeah. <laughs> there's yeah, this, there's this little statistic of people that podcasts over two hours don't like to listen to them. So, yeah. yeah. Let's not do oh, that. No, but honestly, that's, that's just my rants of the week. Um, And I... The one thing I do encourage people to do is please support, you know, your gaming publisher and buy your games, blah, blah, blah. And uh, everyone, please play Rogue Legacy 1 because Rogue Legacy 2 is coming out soon. The dream. All right, folks. So we have reached the end of a lengthy but enjoyable podcast. And as always, you can check us out on uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes Podcasts. Uh, Audioboom.com and wherever else podcasts are. So I'm pretty sure we're everywhere. Also here on YouTube. Um, I know we don't have a lot of people watching on YouTube right now, but um, you should watch this more. You totally should. You might like us. Uh, that said, um, we're still in the middle of a pandemic. Pandemic. So please be safe. Don't be those one of those idiots going to the beach or doing things they're not supposed to be doing. No mass gatherings. Come on. We want to get through this in a reasonable time frame without more people getting sick and possibly dying. You guys need to start listening. Sit your asses in the house. I know it sucks, but do it. Ah, uh, that's it. So yeah. we, we'll see you next week, weekend. Hopefully, right. hopefully. Any encouraging words before we leave? Go um, go encouraging words, and then tell Keith all about it. Yeah, he's um, totally. Uh, um, Bungie, please make your game have diverse content because people are leaving and it's not fun anymore. It's just repetitive. Yeah, that's all I'm asking for. Just, I, just. I think I need to go back to division now and see what happens. Oh joy! God, all right. You folks. owe me some bleeding edge games, so we play video play games video are games. great. I don't know if we're going to play tonight. It's ten thirty. We'll be. I've been up since six. God damn it! I'm so hungry. Woo! You're living my life now. <laughs> You're living me. 